0: Turn with me and your copy of God's Word. We'll be in Acts chapter 20 this morning. Continue our series. Uh, man, Acts is one of those books where you can go through and read a chapter a day. And that's what I've been doing for the past six months. Reading a chapter today, you get through Acts all the way through once a month. you got a couple of days to spare in most months. Man, it's been uh, just great for me just to dive in and really let it sink in of how this early church is being formed. And, and for me, it's just been an encouragement. And I hope that by going through this book, it's been an encouragement to you as well. Um, man, First Baptist Bowling Brook has been around for 54 years and, and it blows my mind just to think about that. That we are here uh, because of uh, the folks who left First Baptist and Clarendon Hills to to plant this very church where we sit and through all the different additions and different people who have been to this church. It's funny, as I get to know more people in the community, I'm finding more and more people with connections to this church. Like, oh, I was baptized there or I went to VBS there. Uh, there was a guy who came in and I was here working. He just came in off the street and he's like, I met my wife here. <laughs> and he was in from out of town and he just wanted to come through and reminisce. His wife had gone to be with the Lord and he was passing through here. And he's like, I just I remember meeting my wife here. And she got baptized right there. It was man, just heartwarming. It was encouraging that the work that we're doing here, um, it, it matters to people. And more importantly, it matters to God. And that's what really stands out to me. The pillar that we've been in this community um, we like to say we, we train people and then they go off to be missionaries somewhere else. But that's okay because of the way God has been able to use the people here at First Baptist Bolingbroke. And I believe that if we continue to be faithful to him, he will continue to do those things through us. Man, what an encouragement. The people here in this room, those of you who are online, I, I personally, as your pastor, I am appreciative of you and all the work that that goes on here, the stuff that I don't even know about, and praise God, I don't have to. The people that are doing things here that are meaningful, not only just for this church body, but also for the community is an encouragement to me because I can't be everywhere all the time. Um, I'm still working on that tool where I can be, but until then, I need you all. The Lord uh, wants you to be obedient to him and do what he is equipped you to do. Man, the stuff that goes on around here when, you know, uh, pipes are bursting or the the cleaning of the putting together of, of food when we have events, the people going to visit others when they're in the hospital or sick, or just to catch up and see how things are going, the calls that happen, the texts, all these different things go on here. And I'm just I'm appreciative of that. So so keep that up. This morning, We're gonna talk more about uh, how Paul exemplifies these acts of encouragement and how meaningful it is for the people. And I hope that will take away um, some uh, encouragement for our own, but also the the need and a want to be an encouragement for others. Join me, Acts chapter 20. We're gonna start here in verse one. And here God's word reads, After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, he was about to set sail for Syria and he decided to return through Macedonia. Sopater the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, uh, uh, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristochus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timothy, and the Asians Titicus and Trophimus. Um, they, these were uh, on ahead and they were waiting for us at Trous. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And in five days, we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. If you remember, when uh, Paul was leaving, uh, everything was happening. Paul is, is his whole goal, his primary reason for going out is going to encourage the churches. So, um, on his missionary journey, he's been through these places a couple times already. And he's going through to go to see these churches that had already been established for the point of encouragement. And we just talked about how good it is to receive some encouragement. If you think back and you look at your own lives, when people come up and they see something that you've done and they, they give you a hearty thank you, a, a big hug, a big smile and tell you how much they appreciate what you've done, that's encouraging. Or maybe when you uh, are down, you're in a valley in life, you're in a season where uh, things just aren't working the way you hope, then that brother or sister comes to you and uh, they just sit with you. Or they, they pray with you. They talk with you. They're there for encouragement. Think about those people in your lives and how important that was to you at the time. If if we look at the things and and, and, and and see what how we have been affected hopefully it makes you want to pay it forward you know about if you understand this pay it forward concept you know something does some someone does something for you or with you and then you go and do something for somebody else and this was popular a couple years ago where if you go through a drive through, a Starbucks or McDonald's or something, and you pay for the meal of the person behind you. And uh, I, I know at, at Starbucks there was one that went for an entire day, started early in the morning. Uh, the first person came and paid for the drink uh, for the person behind them. And the person was so encouraged, like, wow, that's a great thing that they did for me. I'm gonna do it for the person behind me. And this lasted an entire day. Can you imagine that? I mean, Starbucks ain't cheap. I mean, you, you're you taking a risk too. There are people going and maybe picking up some Starbucks for work or something like that. But that didn't deter anybody. They said, I want to pay it forward. I want to be an encouraged to the people that are behind me, just like the one in, before me was an encouragement to me. If we follow Paul's example, when we would seek out friends and family and personally visit with them for the goal of encouragement, you know, texting and Facebook just doesn't cut it these days. It's nice, it's good to, to stay in touch and we get to see pictures and, and, and see the posts of people online or maybe we send a, a text, that's fantastic, that's great, keep that up but I would encourage you to go by and visit somebody you haven't seen for a while. Maybe, maybe they're not comfortable having you in the house yet. That's okay, just stand on the porch and just say, hey, I was thinking about you, and I just wanna come say hello. Think about how encouraging that might be for them, just to, to see your face, masked up or not, just to see you in the flesh, to, to know that you were thinking about them, and they can take that and be encouraged. It's dangerous for us to live in isolation because we were meant to be in biblical community. So this past two years has just thrown us for a loop as Christians, because we were not designed to to be in, in the box we call our homes. We were made so that we can go out and be among God's people. We were made to go out and spread the good news and and to to deliver this message that is meaningful for everyone. Just even sharing lunch or coffee is a small thing that we can do in order to support and encourage one another. In the midst of this, we see Paul is constantly facing opposition. And unfortunately, similar to what we see today, this, this opposition is coming from his own people, his own countrymen. I, man, can you imagine what that felt like? Like the people that you think should be on your side, the people you would expect to get encouragement from would be your own folks. But unfortunately, that was not the case for Paul. 2 Corinthians 11 and 26 says, On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from gentiles dangers from cities danger from wilderness dangers at sea danger from false brothers the paul was getting it from every which side he like he had nowhere to turn everybody was seemingly against him here, this Jewish community at Corinth they hated Paul because of the conversions of some prominent Jewish leaders. And back in, in chapter 18, if you remember, Luke tells us about the conversions of Crispus and Sosthenes. And these were high-ranking officials there in the community. And uh, the folks didn't, didn't like it. They didn't care for it. And even though Paul doesn't tell us what these plots were, most certainly they were probably trying to kill him. They wanted to end his being the messenger of what was going on. But thankfully, Paul was surrounded by people that did support him. It might've been a small group of people, but people nonetheless that cared about Paul, cared about God's mission and was there to encourage him. They were there to help him to get from day to day. He directly mentions Luke does Sopater and Pyrrhus that accompanied him while others were ahead of them and waited on them. They were there with them in these journeys. These delegates were from many of the churches that he had already planted. They were there uh, as uh, supporters to uh, make sure this message continued and they can report back to their own church. They were there not only to support Paul but also to support one another And this brothers and sisters is why I'm asking you to join in God's mission. I'm encouraging you, I'm asking you to join in God's mission to to serve uh, each other as well as our community. Serving the church may sometimes feel like a difficult burden. And I got the sense of that a little earlier. Oh man, he's asking us to do some stuff again. It may seem like that sometimes, but th- these things that we go through and that we do together with one another, these are the times and opportunities that we have that build up and uplift and, and, and strengthen the relationships that we already have. For me, as, as bad as sometimes things seem to get, some of my fondest memories are when many of us rally together when there's been a pipe burst and we have helped to clean it up. It wasn't fun at the time, but when we get to sit back and and talk about that, well, I was gonna say one time, but it happens frequently. (laughs) When we get back and talk about those times that the pipe burst over here and we got together and we were about to have prayer service and everybody left prayer service to clean up, man. Or that time we got to go and go to somebody's house and we had the barbecue or maybe we had a men's work day and we got together and I got the opportunity to, to have some conversations while we swung the hammer with somebody that I don't usually get to talk to. Where we got to make some food before our Thanksgiving dinner for Greenleaf and we get together and just bound, bound together so we don't think we're gonna have enough food but sure enough, we have more than enough. And all those special desserts that, <laughs> that come through as well. It's the, the trainings and the mission trips that we take together, it's the, uh, the serving that we do at Feed My Star- Starving Children and other places. These times and opportunities are times that we grow our bond together. As we serve the community, we thrive together as a body of believers. These things I look back on, on uh, formatively. These are times I personally would not trade for anything in the world because we're serving together and pursuing the same goal, and it helps build our bonds with one another. And just thinking back to the mission trips that we've done together, and uh, we, we had to, uh, some little stories that we're telling to each other and just having fun with one another. Above and beyond the people we reached, right, the the doors that we knocked on, the conversations we've had, we come back with so many different stories and just building our bonds together. So my question is, why don't believers encourage each other more? More importantly, or more specifically, why don't we here at First Baptist Bowling encourage each other more? Is it because we're too busy? Is it because we're selfish? We look at Paul, he literally was on mission. He was doing his father's work. That's what he was all about. If anybody had a reason to be selfish, it was Paul. He literally had life or death waiting in the balance in every situation. He said in Corinthians, "Like I got it coming from all sides, I can't get away. But that didn't d- deter him for what he was placed there to do. And at this time he actually wanted to get to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, but instead he thought about others. And he wanted to go and encourage them instead. He didn't focus on his needs or his wants or his own problems. He was thinking about the people of God and like, you know what, I haven't been to see them for a while. I know they're going through it too. I wanna be with them. I wanna encourage them. I wanna strengthen them. Listen, our failure to encourage others is a sign that we may not actually love our brothers and sisters in Christ the way that we say we do. That's real talk. In reality, we love our own plans. We certainly love our own comfort. Oh, I I hear what you're thinking. I, I can hear it. I hear those wheels turning. Well, nobody came to encourage me well, well how, how am I gonna go reach out and encourage somebody else and I don't have people knocking down my door trying to encourage me? I need encouragement too. Well, let's look at Romans 12. Romans 12 and 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. It didn't say look out for your own preservation make sure that you are as comfortable as possible. It didn't say, you don't have to do this if they don't do it for you. But I'm not gonna stop there. Romans 12 and 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony harmony with one another. Do not be haughty but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need to encourage one another. What would it look like for each of us to outdo one another in honor? Like, oh, he did this nice thing for me. And man, I'm gonna do something way nicer for somebody else. That came and hit home for me. Oh, man, that was so great. Man, I'm gonna bless somebody even more. They won't see what hit them. I'm going to bless them so good they won't know how to act. They won't be able to have the words to express how much encouragement. Imagine if we were to think that way and do that for others. Give yourself to the ministry of building up other believers in the spirit of love for Christ and his people. Man, I wish we could see that. Man, I, I, I did a funeral yesterday, a, a funeral home called me this week and said, you know, uh, this a lady passed away and the family doesn't have a, a church, they don't have a pastor, would you be available? And uh, as much as I wanted to say no from on my day off, I mean, I, w- I want to be transparent with you. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really want to do it. Like I get one day off a week. <laughs> I just kind of want to hang out and not do anything, but I felt convicted and I'm not trying to be holier than thou, like anything. I mean, I'm I'm telling you about the real struggle. You know, I wanted to to serve myself. I wanted to be comfortable, but man, I knew this this family, this conviction in me, I knew this family was hurting because of the loss of their their mother, or their grandmother, and um, so the the Lord dealt with me on that. And I was there with them yesterday, and just seeing them and hearing the stories about their loved one. And and one of the things that really rang out is like, man, we don't don't ever get together unless it's for something like this. What rang out to me is, uh, person upon person that I talked to, is man, our family is messed up. I don't even talk to some of these folks anymore. They needed some encouragement. They, they needed to, 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 to hear what thus saith the Lord. They need to hear who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for them. They need to hear that the, the, the tomorrow is not promised. And they need to get their act together. And it, it took that, I was blessed by it because just being obedient to, to the Lord. And, and this is what I'm trying to get across to you even though we don't feel like doing some of the stuff that we need to do, there's blessing in that. There's blessing when you serve the Lord in a way that he calls you to serve. And even though you might not want to do it, maybe it's just the hardest thing just to just get out of bed that day. But I tell you what, when you are acting in his purpose, the fulfillment will follow. The blessings will occur. That's what I wanna encourage you guys with here today. Look back with me and let's jump into verse seven. It says, uh, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he pro- prolonged his speech until midnight. Um, I wanna bring this uh, something to your attention that's this kind of subtle here in the New Testament. Uh, And reading through the New Testament, what you'll see, what you'll notice is the believers were getting together and they were worshiping on the first day of the week, or what we call Sunday. This is based on Christ's resurrection. If you remember Matthew 28 and 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. On this first day of the week was the resurrection of our lord and savior jesus christ and 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 seeking uh to to continue with this we we see the believers starting to get together for worship on this first day and this is the first reference that we see in the book of acts to this worship on sunday and and we know from the writings of the early church and the early church fathers, that the church continued to meet on the Sunday for worship. And now there are many people that would say that we should hold to a Sabbath or the Saturday being called the Sabbath, and there's nothing at all wrong with this, unless they try to say that it is the only proper time for us to get together for worship. But we have to understand that The Sabbath was a sign of the Mosaic Covenant, while Christians are under a new covenant. If we read through 2 Corinthians 3 and we see Hebrews 8, it walks us through this new covenant, what that means, what that looks like for us. And there's no New Testament command for us to meet on the Sabbath. And in fact, the New Testament explicitly teaches And the Sabbath keeping was uh, not a requirement. If we look at Romans 14 and five, it says one person esteems one day as better than another, while the other esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So if you believe that we should get together on the Sabbath, on the Saturday, that's perfectly fine. If you believe it should be on Sunday to get together uh, to worship, that's fine too. The point is that you're getting together for worship. The point is that you're prioritizing gathering with other believers and and worshiping our Father who is in heaven. Paul says in in Colossians 2 and 16, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in question of food or drink, or with regard to festivals or new moon or a Sabbath. There are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So here in the text, as we see the breaking of bread, um, this is most often associated with the communion service during worship. But in all, again, this drives the importance of us gathering together. This shows how important when we physically meet together to worship God, a byproduct of that is that we also receive encouragement. It reminds us that the greatest problem, which is sin, has already been solved. It's been taken care of. But not only that, but the sin and, and death have been defeated by the person and work of Jesus Christ. We come together to, to as a as a reminder of these things, to be equipped with that message so that we can take it out to the world. So it's important that we prioritizing the gathering with the church because it's the best investment that you'll ever make. What we're doing right now here today is the most useful uh, piece of your time that you'll have the rest of the week. That's how important it is. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I'm full of truth bombs today. If you're not prioritizing the assembly the gathering together of one another, you should beware. If worship is not important to you, if it's unimportant, then that might indicate your relationship with Jesus just isn't exactly what you thought it would be. It's not exactly what you think it should be. It's not because you get brownie points for being here. It's not because you get closer to heaven because you're here in a seat. No. It's because we've been commanded to gather together. We've been instructed to gather together as a body of believers. It's not optional. And in fact, it's something that you should want to do and not be an obligation. You should long to be among God's people you should long to be in a place where you gather together with others and to be able to worship our risen Savior. It should feel weird if you, you miss a day. I get stuff happens, right? You're not able to be here. You're, you're sick and the car breaks down or whatever. You're out of town. I get that. But man, there should be something in you like, I gotta be with the gathered people. I miss that. I long for it. As a body of believers, there's a, there's a vertical and there's a horizontal dimension to our Christian meetings. As we worship, we not only get the encouragement from the king, which is in the vertical, but we also get encouragement from one another in the horizontal. And we have this notion of a body of believers here together so that we can encourage one another. Hebrews 10 and 24 tells us, and let us not let us let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit for some, but what? Encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Brothers and sisters, you have a role to play in our weekly gathering. And and I say this all the time, I love this motif of the body because we know when parts of our body don't work well, we know how challenging that is, how we compensate. Even if you, you hurt your toe, you won't imagine how much you needed that toe until it don't work. You start compensating, you're limping. And you think about the body of Christ in the same way. Brothers and sisters, you are important. The, 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 the gifts that God has given you uniquely is important. You don't have to be standing up here preaching the word. The the, the helping with our children, the helping with our our seniors, shoveling the walkway sometimes, or mopping the floors, cleaning the bathrooms. All that is important to what God has put us here to do. You don't come to be entertained, but to be encouraged and receive encouragement. And we we got to protect this time. It's, I was a little soft about this years ago, but this is so important. It's vital that we protect this time. There's so many things vying for our attention these, these, these years, these days. But we've got to protect this time together. Meet me in verse seven. On the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked to, with them, and then tending to depart on the next day, he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room and when he gathered and a young man named Eutychus sitting in a window sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. Being overcome by sleep he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him and and taking him in his arms he said do not be alarmed for his life is in him. And Paul had gone up and he had broken bread and eaten. He was con- he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. I heard a few chuckles as we read through that. There's some humor here as we see because we know the end of the story, so it's, it's kind of okay to chuckle a little bit. You know, when we when we, we, we usually see something like this happen in a cartoon, and, and considering the, the guy's name was Eudicus, and this, his name translates into lucky or fortunate. There's even humor in his brother's name. Here he is in the upper room as Paul is, is preaching and he's going at it. I mean, he's, he got the Holy Spirit, he's in a groove. Eutychus, man, he, it was too late for him. And not only that, but it talks about the fumes in the room. He had, they had all these lamps that were lit and these fumes are coming. So he might've been getting a little high too and he just couldn't, he couldn't keep it, he couldn't sustain it. So this young man, Eutychus there, taking in the fumes late at night, passed out. But he was propped up on a window and three stories up, he passed out and fell to his death. If you remember in the book of Acts, Luke tells us, uh, or Luke, we know that not only is he an historian, but he's also a doctor. So Luke tells us he died. Uh, I I could take his word for it as a doctor, that he actually died, especially when he fell uh, three stories. But Paul sees this, he's preaching, he he hear. I don't know if he heard a crack, he's like, oh no, Eunuchus! I don't know what happened. Paul goes out, puts him in his arms, and revives him. And earlier, just in the last chapter, it talked about the stuff that even Paul touched. Was, was, people would take his, his things, and the, the, the stuff was healing to other people. So, man, he, he pulls his brother up in his arms, resuscitates him, and, man, we get to see that God just work through him in a special way. Paul, Paul does this, though. He was feeling good. He was on fire from the Lord. He resuscitates his brother and goes back to preaching. Like, all right, let's get back at it. Meet me in this chapter verse. Let's, let's get back at it. But what's remarkable is how attentive these folks are. I mean, we, we have a, a, a nice sweet baby come in, and y'all looking around and distracted by the baby. Imagine if something like this happened among us. I don't know. It would be easy to corral you back. <laughs> But here it is, we have these people that have a tremendous hunger for God's word. So, so much so that, that Paul continued to preach until the sun came up the next day. Man, that, that must've been some good preaching. I'm not sure if this entire time was him preaching or, or teaching, you know, maybe part was him preaching and another part was a Bible study or you know, they were just coming and conversing, talking about his missionary journeys. But what we can take away is how seriously they took God's word, how important it was for them to be with Paul. Don't worry, I'm not gonna take this as a license to preach 10 hours. In case you were thinking or wondering. But what I think we can draw from this is that when it comes to worship, we need to listen humbly and intently. We need to be engaged and and, and here we are. I'm gonna make a personal commitment to you. I won't preach more than an hour if you promise to be engaged, if you promise to be attentive. And I know you're engaged if you're looking up here, if you're looking in this direction, I know you're engaged. If you're, if I see some head nods, I kinda know you're engaged or even, you know, shaking your head, no, I know you're engaged. You might not agree, but I know you're engaged. If people are writing notes. And a amen wouldn't hurt either. You know what I'm saying? I mean, give me some feedback that, that, that I'm not talking to myself out here. That, that these are some of the ways that I know that you're engaged. Another takeaway for worship that we should um, also be listening biblically and we weigh what we already know about the scriptures and, and weigh that with what we're hearing, like the Bereans did. The brains listen to Paul and Silas like, okay, I, I get that, that lines up, but I'm gonna need to do some more study on this to make sure that it's right. I mean, that's important for us that we be engaged in that way. Also, we need to listen for ourselves. Don't fall into the trap of thinking about everybody else that needs to hear this, but you know what? I wish so-and-so was here because they need to hear this message. They need to get this. <laughs> Don't get in that trap. God is speaking to you through his word. And you're so busy thinking about somebody else that you're missing it. You need to hear this. You need to get it first before you can go take it to somebody else or wish they were here. At the same time, if you are blessed by the message, you you can certainly share it with others so that they might be a blessing to them. But you gotta get it first. Just like I gotta get it, like, if, if I'm not preaching this to myself all week, then I can't stand here to preach it to you. I got to get it first before I can share it with you. And likewise, you get it and you take it to somebody else. And I'd love for you to get with people, physically call them on the phone, text or whatever, to be, hey, man, I, we heard this message on Sunday that was so encouraging to me. I want to share it with you. But we've also made it easy for you to actually share the message, the, the audio Video. We got it on YouTube, we're on all podcast platforms. You got the, the Amazon Alexa and all that kind of stuff. You can listen to the messages on all that stuff. It's so easy for you to share these days. You can tell them about it, like I'm gonna send you a link so you can check it out too. And not only that, but we listen with God's mission in mind. James tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. We need to do what the word says, not deceiving ourselves. But brothers and sisters, I heard, hope I hope this encourages you today. That God has uniquely gifted you, and He will use you for His purposes so that he gets the glory. But the byproduct of that is we also get encouragement that we also, when we're fulfilling this purpose that God has for us, that we get a blessing too. It's a byproduct, but most importantly, we're doing it for the Lord. I want you to feel this. I want you to be encouraged by this message, by understanding that that Christ has paid our sin debt and has adopted us into his family. Man, what a great message that is on his own. But not only that, but he's also sent a comforter in the Holy Spirit that's working on us, that's working through us. Man. I'll tell you what, if we get this, this will help us to, to serve Jesus Christ and, and, and get our, make sure our relationship is strong with him, but also helps us to thrive as a body of believers. If we're encouraging one another, we're trying to outdo one another in giving honor, man, we would thrive as a church together. And it will propel us to serve Bolingbrook and the greater community because we can't contain this, this encouragement to ourselves, this incitement, this, this joy. We gotta go out and tell other people what's happening. What Jesus is doing, and that's available for, for them as well. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're missing out. If we get this message, this 54 year old church is going to look very different in the next couple of years. And I'm excited, I'm encouraged to see that. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, I thank you so much for sharing yourself with us. I thank you for Paul and what you did in his life so that we can read about it today and we can hope and aspire to follow in his footsteps as he followed in yours. Help us. Help us to break out of our want and need to be comfortable and help us to legitimately try to outdo one another in in sharing honor. Help us to be an encouragement to one another, not only in our own local body, but also to those in the community so that we can be the hands and feet of Christ, that they might know you through what it is that we're doing, that we might be able to serve you in any way that you see fit for us to serve. Help us to do that. Help us to think of other people before we think of ourselves. Knowing that as we do, as a byproduct, we'll get some encouragement as well that we will be blessed by being a blessing. Help that to be the energy that we operate on so that we can magnify your name and give you the glory. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you all please stand as we yes sir Brother Steve Yes, brother, we are so grateful for both of you, and uh, you're hearing about the passing of Mr. Ernestine's brother Elmo. Yeah, we have been in prayer, and we will continue to to lift lift you up. I'm always praying about your your recuperating as well. But let, let let's pray right now. Let's let's pray about the, the services that be held tomorrow, and that. Uh, as, as the family goes through their grieving process that the Lord will touch them in a mighty way. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our, our sister and our brother here um, and the care that, that you've uh, had for them over the years. Uh, Father, as they go through this process of grieving, we know that you'll be there. Again, you have sent us the comforter in the Holy Spirit. And right now are times where we look and to lean on that Father, just as a body of believers, as we talked about being an, an encouragement, that we would surround uh, Miss Ernestine and, and Steve, that we would surround them and give them the encouragement, the love, the prayer, and consoling that they need right now because of who you are. Father, we trust you and thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen.